Welcome back to Origins and Adaptations. I'm Andrew. I'm Cody. This is episode 27. 27. Uh, 27. In the house. Oh, one more episode and it's your age. Thanks very much for <laughs> getting that out there. I'm glad. I had to. No, I it's... To. I'm... You're, I'm secure. You're an adult. I'm secure. You're an adult. I'm secure with my adult... What, what, the, what the hell am I looking for? What word? Adulthood? That's not really a thing. No is one, it? No one's Adolescence that. is like... That's... That's like, like that's small. Like, that's like preteens. Yeah. That's not... No. Like adolescent children. I'm comfortable being an adult. I am too. With the, I, well, I'm not an adult yet. I'm comfortable with the idea of being one. I mean, I suppose... What are we, a young adult? Well, I am... I am one by age, but I don't always feel like I'm... Oh. Acting like one. You or, know, the people who are acting like it, I think it's a, it's a joke. You think it's like a big facade? It's a facade. It's a big front. Yeah. Either that or they've just been hammered down by society. Like, they used to be these bright young people. And then society was like, nope, you're now an adult. Well, adults can still be bright. Do you mean bright? You mean bright, not like smart-wise. You mean like... Yeah, I mean like innocence. Yeah. And, 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 and... Bravado. You mean like shiny and pure and Ah, new and... Yeah, but, you know, just able to have fun and not like lame fun like 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 cheese tastings yeah i mean i don't get me wrong i love cheese and i like tasting but like wine does and anyone, cheese wine and cheese tastings i'm, I'm sorry does like, anyone actually have fun at those i don't know all i know is that it's been parodied on tv shows to death because yeah it's all sitcoms are well, not all, but let's say, I'm going to say all for a sweeping statement. Yeah. All sitcoms are aimed at uh, young adults or young couples who are, like, you know, approaching their 30s. And there's yeah. all these references to, oh, your oh, life like... gets boring. And, I mean, How I Met Your Mother and Friends are the two best examples I can think of. Mm-hmm. Seinfeld. Yeah. Where it's like, hi, we're in our early 30s now, so we have to start acting a certain way. Which is lame. Because I will tell you this, I will... Read my comics and listen to my rock and roll and my old school rap music. And you watch your Star Wars. And I watch my Star Wars and I'll freaking buy Star Wars figures. I, I, that's that's who I am. That's, that's a who good. I, that's a good thing to be. Cody. Anyway, let's carry on with the show. We that's have good. we have a lot of content in the show. A lot like, going on. Holy cow! We have thousands of years ago into the future before the time of Sigourney Weaver. Oh yes. <laughs> Uh, so just Iron a, Clench. A, Iron Clench. What Powerball trailer. Oh my gosh! What I'm is just, going on? Cody what is. is Cody on? is. My mind butchering. Is being, my mind is being blown right now. No, I'm trying to say that I'm speaking butchering. Which, I'm butchering the list. Speaking of which, John Wick Two trailer came out, and it's bomb. But that's not comics. Uh, I saw that movie in stores the other day, and I was like, I wouldn't have with John Wick. I was. <laughs> <laughs> um. So, just to start off right off the bat, um, Batman solo film. The Batman. The Batman. It finally got a title name, and it's going to be The Batman, which I'm I'm excited for. You know, I'm not excited for Justice League, but I'm excited for the upcoming solo films. Wonder Woman, it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. I have faith in it. The Batman movie, 
Zack Snyder has nothing to do with it. And yeah. it's been Affleck. And I am excited. I have Well, Affleck is doing everything, right? Uh, what do you mean? <laughs> I mean, that's a sweeping statement. But he's directing it and producing it, isn't he? And he, I think he wrote the script already as well. I did not know he was writing it. <laughs> yeah. That doesn't surprise I me. I think... Well, I think he's co-writing well, it. Well, he didn't have... He didn't have Matt Damon write it all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know what's funny? More often than any other reference to like someone getting help with writing a script, I always hear people crap talk. Bat, uh, I almost said Batfleck. Ben Affleck when it came to that that's the Good Will Hunting uh, script. Really? Yeah, because everyone was like, "Well, they both won the award for it at the uh, at the Oscars for best screenplay because mm-hmm. they co-wrote it." But yeah. everyone knows Damon was the real brains and this and that. And it's just it like does... it's just kind of mean. It's like you know what. I'm not saying well, that he's as talented of just a screen, well, that, a screen artist, but that's that's what's that founded on? It's just people running their mouths. Because Ben Affleck has done two; he's directed and written two movies that I have seen: The Town and Argo, mm-hmm. and those are both phenomenal films. He's, you know, he had a rough patch, I think, in like when he hit his early thirties. Don't tell me it's. Uh, giggly, is it? Giggly. I was gonna say, was gonna say like, well, not just that, but just that whole era of his acting yeah. career. Darren he was Donald. just, he was just in a lot of bad movies in a very like condensed period but, of time. But but he was out of it. Well, he also wasn't writing those. Like he's now, he's now starring in movies that he's written and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that, so except for Batman versus. But that's Superman. what I'm saying though is that people were criticizing his writing even when he was younger. Yeah. And then I don't, I don't know if that happens very often. Like. In 2016, but I do know that for a long time, the popular reference to make about Ben Affleck and Matt Damon is that Damon was the brains. And actually, I think Affleck has uh, evolved into a better actor than Matt Damon. Has. Yeah, I think so too. Even though I think when they were younger, Matt Damon might have been the more obvious shining mm-hmm. star. Um, but anyways, I th- I think Batman's gonna do, I think Batman's gonna do well. I'm yeah. um, I have faith in it. I have faith in it. The only, not, the only sad not, thing is I, I just don't have any hope for the Bat films <laughs> to tie in the yeah. way, say, the Captain America films tie in so neatly with the Avengers. Yeah. Well, because sometimes when you're watching the the, I've, the, the Captain the America Captain sequels, Ma- they feel like Avengers movies, because they are, essentially. Yeah. But the, I mean, the Captain, Aven- Captain Avenger, Captain America movies have affected the Avengers MCU universe more than the Avengers have. Yes. Which is crazy. The, those Russo brothers, man. They write a good film. Well, I mean, that's just the way... That's just the way it works. Especially in Marvel, where you have... I mean, let's look at their comics. You have so many issues that you have to read outside the main title. Tell, to, tell me about it. To fill it in. I know. <laughs> if you want to go on, on that rant, you can. Uh, not till not till later. Uh, but no, it's it's... Correct. Yeah, there's MCU is really taking a book from their their comics, which is really cool to see that it's the only studio that's done it well. In my opinion, like DC still has not gotten that handled. Yeah, they just ham fist things in there. They do instead of making it natural, like Marvel's is. I. I'm so I'm I'm so let down about it. 
It's okay. One but day. But I feel like I feel One like day. if I'm if Jeff, I was, hey don't Jeff Johns is in charge of it now. Yeah, I and feel like if, if anything, I was to complain about it anymore, I'd just be beating a dead horse, and I'm not going to do that in this episode. Yeah, Jeff Johns is in charge of it. I believe in the Johns. I think he can. I think he can do it. He can do it. Um, Big G. Big G. Going to DC Comics. So DC is joining Boom Studios to do a Planet of the Apes. Green Lantern crossover, which is crazy. And it's cool that DC has been doing this. They they did a Green Lantern Star Trek crossover. Yeah. And then they also did a Batman Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle crossover. Uh, that's um, awesome. And I, I, I should check those out. And they don't have anything to do with the continuity. Yeah. Um, they're just one-offs, just little miniseries. But they're really cool. They're really fun. And I'm, I'm glad that DC is doing this. Uh, it shows that... I keep saying the word, but that it shows the rebirth of the studio that they're able to um, branch out and just uh, not take themselves so seriously because the DC universe really isn't, and that's why I love about the DC universe is that it's, it's fun. all over the place. Yeah, I mean, if any <clears throat> superhero team or force of any kind were to match with a world like Planet of the Apes, I think they picked a good one in Green Lantern. Yeah, I mean... The Green Lantern Corps... The cool thing is, go, like... They, they're everywhere, essentially. Yeah. So, it makes Dude. sense. Dude! And they've been wonder, around for a very, wonder, very long time. I wonder if so, it's going to be, like, classic Planet of the Apes? Or the current mm-hmm. Planet of the Apes? Because if it's the current Planet of the Apes, and Caesar becomes a Green Lantern, that would be insane! I would love that. That would be interesting. I mean, I don't have any emotional attachment to any of the new Planet of the Apes stuff. Really? Good stuff, man. It's good stuff. You're a big fan of it? Oh yeah. I, I am I am all in. Hundred percent. I'm a huge fan of the first two movies uh yeah. from back in the day. My dad okay, showed me those. Old ones. The first one I think is still the most profound to me as a as a story. It's so weird. The music and the yeah. atmosphere and the vibe of that movie. I just love Donald the Planet of the Apes. I didn't realize that was like a really like. Do, do people love that movie? Yeah. Maybe. It, maybe. I, I should, well, maybe. Maybe I should. When go I say back people, maybe I'm talking about it. like my my people. Who are like your my, people? My 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 inner circle that just love. We loved the <sighs> the performance by Andy Serkis and just the the CG of the characters. And speaking of which, if we're going to still stay on the topic of Planet of the Apes, they've actually released the teaser. Now, this is an actual teaser, not this weird teaser trailer thing happening nowadays. Uh, it was a teaser. It was snow flying by, uh, taking the form of the shape of Caesar, as Caesar was saying the end line from Donald the Planet of the Apes when he's like, go now, war is coming, mm-hmm. war is come. And it's, uh, war has begun, and so it's War of the Planet of the Apes. Huh. Yep. I'm excited. I'm excited. I should probably dig, but I should probably dig back into the new ones again. The first one is okay. It's like a seven. That's the, I, the Mark Wahlberg one? Mark Wahlberg. No, 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 no. That's bad. That's a bad one. Well, I've no. seen that one, and I, oh. I saw it when I was a kid. Yeah, that's, a, that's the Tim Burton one. Yeah. 
Yeah, that one is. Well, I didn't care for it much as a kid. That one's like five out of ten. So, so what are you talking? So, what are you talking about? The very the very- Rise, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. And that one was, uh, yeah, the start of it all. Right. With um, with uh, the guy that is in a lot of Seth Rogen movies. Oh man, I just forgot his name. James. I think his name is James something. His brother named David. Why is his last name oh, James, James Franco. Franco? That's I said it at the same time. Yeah, that's that crazy. Uh, James Franco, uh, and he was the lead. And then this new new one where it focused more on Caesar, the his his uh, primate, um, who gets the intelligence in. He's uh, performed and voiced by Andy Serkis, and it's just a phenomenal performance. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is like a 9 out of 10, if not a 10 out of 10. I really should watch those movies again. Well, actually, no. I haven't seen Dawn. I ha- I, you I, haven't seen Dawn. I haven't seen Dawn. I have seen Rise. I think that's why. I okay. think that's why you're not invested in it as much. It's because once Dawn... I was kind of the same way. I was like, Rise is a good movie. But like Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, spot on. Really? Phenomenal film. It's shot beautifully. Yeah, I think... The characters are beautiful. It was one of those things where I just didn't look into w- who was making the movies. Yeah, those the, like those two. So I, I watched the first, the first. No, I watched Rise. Yeah, and I thought it was pretty good, but I didn't watch Dawn because I was like, I, I don't know. I wasn't really sure where they were going with it. Yeah, I wasn't sure if they were trying to stick to one story or if they're just making random Planet of the Apes movies now. It does seem like. Movies are better about continuity now than they used to be. True, true. Um, like, seriously, if you if you go back and you watch all three of the old Planet of the Apes movies, it seems like they were just tossing random ideas. Like, the third Planet of the Apes movie is really bizarre and doesn't... I don't know. I think one of the It reasons... kills the vibe of... Well, the, the second one's kind of weird, too. The first one has its own life to it, and I think it that was the story that needed to be. And I, yeah. I think the fact that Tim Burton tried to make some half-assed oh, remake, gosh. it's kind of a remake, would you say, the Mark Wahlberg it's, one? It's a remake. Because I can't remember if Mark Wahlberg's character is the exact same character as Charlton Heston's character. I don't know if he is, but they were trying to make They're it. doing the same thing yeah. with it. And it had was... none of the same charm. Honestly, it's quite like his Charlie and the Chocolate Factory remake. Yeah. It were just like, okay, let's make this movie like very Tim Burton-y, but somehow there's not going to be any charm in it. That's all he's been doing. Well, for the past 15 years or yeah, so, yeah. He, he used to have tons of it. Yeah. Like they used to be well done films, movies. I mean, and now and now it's just like, what is going on? Beetlejuice, Edward Scissorhands, and Batman nineteen eighty nine are works of art. Those are, those as those those three movies are forever in my heart as like three of like the biggest. I don't know how to put it. Those those were like childhood favorites of mine, um, because every every picture he shot just looked like a photograph. Like, every every, mm-hmm. every shot he got in there was just so perfect. 
I would say... The, and they had good the, stories and, and costuming and set design and all that. The exception to what I had just said, though, it would definitely be uh, Sweet, uh, Sweeney Todd. Yeah, but that was a movie that I couldn't go back and watch again. I couldn't eat meat for like... <laughs> I literally, couldn't, I literally couldn't eat meat for about a month. Really? Yeah. Well, not ground, not ground beef. Interesting. Put you off that much. You can't kind of understand. I know I understand. It's just <laughs> I've never been affected like that. So. Oh, it was just. It was I've just only gross. seen the movie twice. Uh, it's not my type of movie, but, but I would was... say that's that's it's like I can when people say that they it's one of their favorite movies. I understand. It it's a respectable movie to yeah. to praise. It's. And it does it's a job. really well done musical, and that's. I did remember like I do remember liking a lot of the songs. Yeah, and there were some shots in there that were that were gorgeous. What did you think? This is totally off topic, and then we can go back to talking about comic books. Comic books. Yeah. Um, what did you think of uh, Sleepy Hollow? I enjoyed it. I don't think it aged well. No. I remember enjoying it when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. That's but just kind of like the movie Brothers Grimm. Brothers Grimm, I really enjoyed the first time I saw it. And then the more I've watched it, the more I've seen it hasn't aged well. What's interesting about Sleepy Hollow, I've, got, I've actually got more to say on this movie than I thought I did. Um, uh, they do integrate practical effects with CG, but they just don't do it very effectively. And the CG hasn't aged well because it was 1997, 98. And then the Headless Horseman being Christopher Walken at the end was just like... I, I think he's in a couple scenes, actually, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's in the one scene in the snow in the middle of the movie. Oh, okay. And maybe at the beginning. It freaked me out as a kid because Christopher Walken is kind of a freaky looking dude, yeah. especially with the makeup. But like now that I'm older and I've seen Christopher Walken on SNL... And mm-hmm. I've seen him, you know, uh, yeah, my, yeah, yeah, and, and you're you're used to his Christopher Walken shenanigans. It's just it's too. I can't take it seriously. <laughs> yeah. And then then he bites that chick on the mouth, and yeah. he's like, yeah. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. I did, however, think that the way they redid the story, like totally, it's, it's totally redone. Johnny Depp's Ichabod Crane is really good. Yeah, and the fact that the headless horseman is actually. The Headless Horseman. Yeah. And it's not just implied that, oh, the Headless Horseman is Bron Bones trying to scare off this new dude. Yeah. Did you know that that was kind of the idea behind it? During the... Of the original yeah. cartoon? Yeah. Or the, uh, the original story. I don't really know if, uh, if the cartoon was the original I, I, I remember watching Ichabod... There was a movie... There was a movie duo. It was Mr. Toad... Uh, it was Mr. Toad and Ichabod Crane. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a two-in-one cartoon, and that's that's why I've always I, remembered as Ichabod of Sleepy Hollow. It, it, but it was it called Ichabod Crane, I think. Well, he, there is there is a Sleepy Hollow cartoon, and yeah. there and Ichabod Crane is one of the songs. The Ichabod Ichabod Crane. I think I that's mem- it. Yeah, and I mem- and he's like super tall and skinny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he has a white horse, and he's like bumbling on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But it's implied that he was like. It's implied that that uh, Ichabod was scared off by the headless horseman and left town, okay, or like was hit yeah. or killed or no one no no one heard or saw saw him from ever again. again. No no one heard from him or saw him ever again, and it's kind of implied that Braun thought this guy needs to get out of town because he yeah. was. I'm pretty sure he was hitting on 
his girlfriend or take it yeah. back. And, so that was the implication. The implication. The implication. But I thought the movie put this nice, like, supernatural spin on it, where it's like, this is, this Headless Horseman dude's the real deal. He was played by Ray Park, I believe. Am I wrong? The Headless Horseman? I'm pretty sure. It was Ray Park? I'm pretty sure if someone wants to call me out as a liar right now, they can, but I was like a thousand percent sure when that came out. My friend and I got excited because we were like, oh, we found out this guy who Mm -hmm. we liked playing in episode one, but the only part we liked about episode one... Yeah, was you know Darth Maul. Darth Maul. One of the one of the few parts, anyways. He's also a Toad. Mm. In X Men. Yeah, it's true. Yes, he is. Yeah. Um, Bring it back to comics. But I'm pretty sure Ray Park played. Uh, they have the Horseman. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So I guess this ties together a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, moving on from DC, that is really the only big DC news this week. Uh, next we'll, we'll is Forrest Whitaker. Forrest Whitaker. He was in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Only thing he's known for, right? Yeah. Uh, he's <laughs> going to be in the Black Panther movie. So, once again, just another uh, A-star. What do you think he's going to play? Uh, I don't know if he's A-list, but he's A-star. Is he, is he A-list now? Oh, he's yeah. He's been doing a lot of B-movies recently, though. B-movies? I don't. I mean, I don't know about what he's... I, I remember him from The King of Scotland. I don't know what he's done in like the past like two or three years, but man, that guy has got a couple Oscars. He's he, not he, he's he's an A list. He did the uh, for sure that Repo Man movie with Jude Law. Oh okay, yeah. He oh why did I say B list? He's going to be in Star Wars. Yeah, and he's, he's won Oscars, a, and he's one. been a he's been a star. He's been a name in Hollywood since like nineteen eighty two. Yeah. You gotta I like the dude. You gotta get a guy. I'm not credit. saying he's a terrible actor. No, no, no. I, I know. I, I feel like there's different. That's types why I called him a star. There's different. Okay, okay, yeah. There's different types of uh, A-listers in my, in my opinion. You have people who are like, who's like, the flavor of the month right now? Like they, they're, they're they're just they're everywhere. Like an Amy Schumer, who just kind of like blows up, and then you have. I feel like there isn't one right now. That's that might be true, but like she's the person who comes to mind right now, where it's like. She just became this figure. Yeah. Well, it was Chris Pratt. Yeah. Chris Pratt. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, that's yeah, it's a, it's a good one. But then you have people... He's so hot right now. <laughs> that then was, you, then that you was have... 2015 phrase. <laughs> then you have people who don't necessarily have, like, one particular shining year mm-hmm. where it's, like, just their name is everywhere, but make, maybe they have a few performances, a few movies... Yeah. In a couple of years, and it's just like this person isn't like the biggest name in the world, but they're a fantastic performing screen artist. Yeah, I would say and for me, Forrest that, is just a really versatile actor. For me, that's Sam Rockwell. Okay, he's a good actor. I Justin don't know. Hammer, bring it back to comics. But yeah, Forrest Whitaker, he's going to be Black Pan in Black Panther. He's not going to be Black Panther. Uh, Who's it going to be? I oh no, they've already shown his dad. Never mind. I don't know. They haven't really announced it. I was going to say he could be Black Panther's dad, but nope. He dead. Yeah, he was killed dead. Yeah, he was. With a rock or something. With a, ro- a, with a rocket. A, ro- a rocket. Ah! Oh, I got that. You got it, you got it. Um, And speaking of Black Panther, uh, it's part of the MCU universe, uh, which another movie is part of, which comes out in three weeks. Doctor Strange. Yes. Doctor Strange comes out November 4th. 
That's right. I'm excited. Because it's going to have a different tone. A whole new tone. A whole new tone. And a new main character. How cool is that? It's never done before in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I love the way his cape was thrown over his shoulders. And there's like That this... was the best part. Ooh. That was the best part. Ooh. I could watch that little scene just over and over and over again. It was genius. A stroke Beautiful. of sheer genius. Beautiful. And then, speaking sheer of genius. Marvel, a lot of... Netflix series news came out this week. And the reason that is is because it was the New York Comic Con, which is kind of becoming like the East Coast San Diego Comic Con. Where, like, San Diego Comic Con usually happens in July or August. And so it's like this weird, like, you get the first part of the year's news at San Diego, and then we're getting, like, next year's news at New York. Which is pretty cool, and I, I'm I'm excited uh, for for it going forward. But uh, so they released the images of the Netflix series, the Marvel Netflix series mm-hmm. logos. Uh, there was the Defenders, which we've already seen before in the Defenders teaser, uh, and then they finally released the Iron Fist uh, logo, which is it has the um, it's Iron. Fist, and then the O in Iron is the dragon symbol. Okay. Which is, I love that symbol. It's so good. It is really cool looking. And the trailer looked really nice. Yeah. Um, Teaser, trailer, what was it? See, that's that's a teaser trailer. It's like, what? Stop. Uh, Speaking of which, uh, Sigourney Weaver, big name. I'm very excited for this. She's going to be a villain in the Defenders TV show, which is when all of the Defenders or all of the Netflix... Marvel heroes come together and create the Defenders, which is like the street team version of the Avengers. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be really cool. I'm really excited. I She's a phenomenal actress. Like, probably, yeah. probably top five she definitely, performers for me. She definitely has the charisma and the, and the, and the, uh, the clout yeah. to pull off the lone badass villain role. Yeah. I mean... Sigourney Weaver is a good choice. Yeah, and Perfect. she's and she's Perfect. been so well loved for so many decades yeah. by so many nerds for Alien and Ghostbusters and everything she's been in. Really, she's just yeah. a really solid actress. I think one of the reasons the current Alien stuff hasn't worked is because they don't have Ripley. Word. Like, I couldn't agree more. Like, as cool as Prometheus got, it didn't have the charisma of Sigourney Weaver as Ripley. Um, I mean, yeah, the fourth one is a bad... Alien Resurrection was a bad movie, but it was still cool to see her, and then she was still the best part of number three. Um, so I mean, I'm just speaking... I, I actually... I, did, I didn't see Prometheus. I'm speaking just from, like, a... You know, a business and fan service standpoint. Yeah. Do you think it's gonna be as big? No. There's no. no. There's no way. No. And I know that Neil Blomkamp is doing. What's his name? It's like Neil Blomkamp or something like that. He's he's the guy that did District Nine. Oh yeah. Elysian and Chappie. I've seen that movie. Yeah. It's a good movie. Uh, he's doing a new Alien movie, and then. 
And then I think Ridley Scott's doing a, his own Prometheus sequel, which is an alien movie as well. So huh. I don't know. I don't know what's happening with that universe right now. Well, decades into a franchise, crap gets stirred around a little bit. Yeah. And I think it's inevitable. Yeah. It's like, you know, Queensryche, I'm pretty sure that band, there's two versions of that band, one led by the lead singer and one led by the band, and I think it wasn't that long ago that finally, legally, he had to stop calling his new band Queensryche because, <laughs> yeah, but it's just like, I mean, when it comes to bands or people people making movies, there's always just like, okay, what, what are these stories doing? Yeah. Or what are these albums that are being made yeah. doing? But so I'm excited. I'm excited for Sigourney Weaver to join uh, as a villain for the Defenders. They don't have, they haven't announced who she's going to be. Um, but there's a plethora of villains out there for her to choose from. You know, okay, this is. <laughs> I think she would be a cool Madam Viper. I was gonna say, what would have been interesting was I could have seen an older, like I could see an older Sigourney Weaver playing a Gozer-esque villain in a new Ghostbusters movie, but I already have no desire to, to see a newer Ghostbusters movie. <laughs> Do you see where I'm going? Yeah. Do you remember how, how Gozer looked in, in Ghostbusters? Kind of? No, I, could, I could see an aged Sigourney Weaver playing that kind of character. Hmm. And actually, like, doing it justice, maybe even better than the original actress. But... I just have no interest in seeing a Ghostbusters yeah. film. No. Yeah. I don't blame you. Not don't to blame you. Now I'm being a downer. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, so we're going to move on. Which is uh, Punisher. Punisher has started filming. Um, I'm glad they're keeping Karen Page. Yep. Uh, it has been announced that Karen Page will be in the Punisher series. Two um, of my favorite actors in Daredevil are are those two actors playing those two characters. Karen Page and uh, John Punisher. Well, John, what's, what's John his name? Borthel. Borthel, yeah. And then... I don't like that guy. And D-Wolf? I think... It's something D-Wolf. I, that, I know that's her last name. Um, who plays Karen Page. Uh, but yeah, she she confirmed it that she will be in the Punisher series. Nice. Which I'm, I'm just excited for. That is the one that I've been looking forward to most since I heard about all these Netflix superhero spinoffs of Daredevil. Was yeah. was the, just well because I loved the second well, season of the Punisher wait- or the Daredevil so much. I'm just waiting for Punisher Ghost Rider team up because Ghost Rider has now been announced in Agents of Shield, uh, and I'm just waiting for that team up that he he finally joins with his Camaro, with his I think it's Camaro, might be a Dodge Charger, one of the two. I don't know cars, and uh, <laughs> it it'll be cool. It'd be awesome. To see them, see them together, dealing justice. And then uh, Iron Fist finally got its release date, which is going to be March seventeenth, uh, seventeen. I will be, uh, I'm I'm not going to wait for that one. You know, with with Luke Cage and uh, with Daredevil season two, I had this whole event that I did at six o'clock the next day. I'm I'm watching Iron Fist come midnight. I'm going to watch, like, two or three episodes, go to bed at three, wake up at nine, go to work, and then finish the rest off that. I'm I'm so pumped for this. It's so like, as as excited as you are for Punisher, I'm 
I'm excited for Iron Fist. And especially after they showed the Iron Fist teaser trailer, which had a ton in it. And I'm excited. They showed that Madame Gao is going to be an antagonist. Uh, and the last we saw of her was the end of Daredevil Season 1. Mm-hmm. And she said uh, she needs to go back home, which is farther than China. Um, Holy and cow. So, China. Uh, so it's going to be cool. And when she said that, I was like, oh, we're going to be we're going to be getting her an iron fist. And I was right when they showed that. I was just really excited that she's going to be in it. Um, and it's it's based off of just kung fu. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm excited for the action scenes that they can get. And seeing that, that trailer, there's going to be a lot of action. Yeah, the I'm fighting gonna... looked pretty, pretty yeah. neat. Yeah. And his whole character it is... It's an underwhelming word, but he, I mean, look cool. He can focus his chi, um, since he is a living weapon, just like Electro was in Daredevil Season 2. Um, he can focus his chi in, pretty much into his, his fist. To his hand. Okay. Um, and it pretty much has incredible super strength. It's while he has that, his hand is essentially invis- invincible, so mm-hmm. he can punch through anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it just glows, and he just beats people up with it. I was gonna That's say the, the, the way fist. the way his forearms and fists will glow yeah. look pretty mesmerizing. Yeah, look really well done. Yeah, I'm excited. It kind of reminded me of like how mesmerizing it was seeing like Wonder Woman Golden Lasso in that mm-hmm. new Wonder Woman trailer. Yeah, where it's like it just looks like oh this looks like it's done really well. Yeah, like they didn't they didn't half step around mm-hmm. the CG for the effect. It, yeah, it looks legitimate. And then uh, his big symbol, he has the the. The dragon symbol on his chest, the iron fist symbol, um, tattooed onto his chest to symbolify that he is the iron fist. Um, He is the living weapon for the clan that he was sent off to when he was a kid. Um, And it'll it'll be just fun. I'm excited for it. Uh, Moving on, uh, we also got another trailer. Pretty dope trailer. My personal favorite trailer I've seen in the past few months. Man, it was death. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? The Mighty Muppet Power Rangers trailer! Go, go, Power Rangers! So we talked about it at length last week, but they officially released the trailer, and it was good. So good. I, <laughs> I, I pulled it up on my computer screen the morning Andrew uh, messaged me about it. He's like, all right, guys, here you go. I sent it a little group <laughs> message. And I was like, wonder what this could be. I figured it was going to be something either Star Wars or or Power Rangers related just because Andrew knows me. Uh, but I turned it on and I just, you know, started out... No skept- expectations. I started out... Oh, you had expectations. Well, no serious expectations, but yeah. I wasn't... I was, I was going to say I'm, I wasn't not skeptical. Yeah. To use a double. Well, you have to, you have to be. I was a little skeptical, right. and then I was like, "Okay, this is pretty cool. Oh wow, this is really good. Yeah. Oh wow, I'm totally on board here." So, yeah. I, so by by the end of the trailer, I was like, "Man, this is death." And, and everything we talked about with the Zach and uh, Billy thing, uh, I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> so no, like, no. So I, like you and I, were... Billy is awesome. Billy is Billy. Yeah. And Zach can be Zach. Yeah, we I haven't mean, seen too much of Zach, but Billy is like. I'm that's and there's a scene 
in the trailer where Billy is like working on either homework or a project, and a bully comes in, which I'm guessing is going to be Skull. I think we. I was gonna say, or Kevin, uh, our friend, for our, just for our you good out there, Kevin, um, was was saying, oh, he never mind. Last night he made some really uh, funny joke about how he looked like a wimp, so of course he might be Skull. Oh, okay. Or Bulk. Bulk? Yeah. Okay. No, 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 no. Pardon me. Skulls. Because yeah. Bulk is the bigger, the bigger dude. one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he, oh, he... Oh, yeah. He made a remark about how he looked like Ed Sheeran. <laughs> <laughs> he does! I mean, like, uh, the tougher one. Yeah. But... And then and then you have Jason who just, like, pushes him away. And he's, and like... It, and it, was, it wasn't, like, the case. typical push where... Yeah. Where it's, like, uh... It's, like... Oh man, you want a piece of me? Yeah, it, it was, was like don't it, mess it, with it, my it, it was like get the hell off him right yeah. now. Yeah, and like, it was so like, like I was afraid that they wouldn't be able to pull off that connection between the friends. Like this would be the the build up movie. Mm-hmm. It's all like oh they become friends at the end, but you can see here that Jason they is already, like each other. Yeah, Jason's already standing up for Billy. The um, thing I was hoping is that oh dude they really what's up? Keep going. So. A lot of superhero movies that are, that have been like group related. I don't know, Andrew, if you've noticed this. This, I'll say formula for lack of a better term, uh, and it, it makes sense because this it was this way in the comics for the Guardians of the Galaxy and for the Avengers. But I'm glad that with with Power Rangers they weren't trying to make it. Oh, none of us really get along. We kind of all go our own separate ways, and and. Uh, and at the end, by the end of the movie is when we come together. Yeah. It looks like, in the Power Rangers trailer, like, like they're setting it up like they're all just like united, be... like they're brothers. Yeah. And sisters. And, and... Like, that's going to be the first, like, 10, 20 minutes of this movie. Of them... And then, the la- like, the rest of the movie is going to be them, like, like on it. Yeah. yeah. And, I, well, I mean, the whole message of the original Power Rangers uh, series was unity and brotherhood. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, similar to TMNT, where it's, like, very much about, yeah. like, you know, four or five strands of rope, just, like, being salt, being strong together. Yeah. And, um... But what I... The, the thing I was super excited about was, in action, <laughs> the, uh... Yeah. The suits looked pretty neat. So good. You go. Uh, one thing that I loved, that they never really pointed out in the TV show... Is their super strength? Yeah, like like Billy was like Billy was like, I'm strong, like weirdly strong. And then it had yeah. the same bully like go to headbutt him, and the he- the bully like falls over. Yeah, and and, and, super and, and Billy's like, no 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 no. He's like he's like don't do this. So and it and it was ah uh, so good. I I think Billy's going to be yeah. my favorite character in this movie. Billy is your favorite Power Ranger, isn't he? No, Jason always was. I thought you loved Billy. I okay. Billy's I, your second favorite. I loved. I loved Red Ranger. But Billy was my favorite character because you identified with Billy. Yeah, well, a and little bit. I just like Billy more. Jason was kind of like. Um, well, he, well, I think Jason was the popular dude. Yeah, I identified with um, Tommy obviously because I I think um, I always felt like a when growing up I always felt like a bit of an outcast, but the outcast that people wanted to accept, I kind of did it to myself, and I was kind of like, <laughs> and I was kind of like, I'm my own outcast. Yeah, <laughs> which is you know every dumb stupid kid. Yeah, but no, I I uh, I, I must say that Billy is kind of a funny, entertaining character, but. 
I think in this they're gonna make it's, him look. They're gonna make him look more realistic. Yeah, he's not. He's obviously he's not just like the, the over the top so doofy this, nerd. He's it's the same thing that I'm excited about that these these uh, what do you call them studios? These studios are able to understand that today's nerd is way different than the '90s nerd. I think the 90s TV portrayal of the nerd was inaccurate. Yes. If you go back and watch Saved by the Bell, they're all caricatures. Yeah. I'm not just talking about Screech. They're, like, you have the dumb uh, metalhead surfers. You have all these different characters who are, you know. Mm -hmm. And and it's just, like, that's not really... That isn't really the way it is. So... They're, they're trying to be realistic about it. Oh, one thing I wanted to discuss with you, we were talking about their super strength. So, um, according to Jason David Frank and, and just um, Power Rangers, old school Power Rangers, uh, Saban lore in general, um, they become stronger inside the suits. Interesting. So, I'm but I'm wondering if them morphing truly makes them even stronger. So they might be nigh unstoppable in the suits. And in the suits, and that's kind okay. of they're making them even more powerful, perhaps. Yeah. But yeah, because he hits Billy's face, or no, he headbutts him, right? He headbutts him. He headbutts him, and, and Billy doesn't even move. Yeah, it was it was almost as if like he headbutted Luke like, Cage. Luke Cage, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they're jumping. Was so oh, I love that piece of cake. It's not, not a piece, piece of cake. Not a piece Jason. of cake. It's not a piece of cake. Um, and then I loved uh, Rita when she was like, "I've killed rangers before." Mm-hmm. And it was like, "Ooh, like I loved, I loved it because it was the the cross between the campiness of the TV show mm-hmm. and that super dark, super dark." Power Rangers short we got, la- like, last year? Or the year before? I think it was the beginning of this year. Was it this year? I thought it was last year. Was it really? It may yeah. have been. I, th- I, th- I thought it was I, I um, thought it was the beginning of this year. But it was by the director of the guy who did the movie Dread. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was just a really mature, dark version of Power Rangers. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we talked about it. Um, and so this is that yeah, I that talked sweet... with someone recently, and they were like... That's the way. That, that's the route they need to go. And I was like, "Really? You want Zach snort, snorting cocaine? Yeah. You want him sleeping with two chicks and, yeah. and and being this kind of like low life? Yeah. Like, just kind of like not not very much a role model. Like the yeah, power, the the power Rangers. Like, it's still a kids. You can't. Thing. Well, that's what. Like, well, this is what JDF said. JDF said, like, he's like, I, he's like, I, I was excited for Straight Outta Compton because it's an NWA is adult music. Yeah. Kids don't, you know, that was it was never a kids thing. Yeah. It's an adult thing and that's fine. Yeah. Kids, it's got to be PG-13. Yeah. He's like it cannot you you can't take the kids out of the Power Rangers. Yeah. And because, they're kids. Exactly. <laughs> it's, like, it's not meant to be yeah. like that. And I know some people were, uh on online were saying things like well, the Power Rangers audience has grown up, and maybe the Power Rangers need to grow up with Are you them. Me, and... Power Rangers is still on TV nowadays. I know, for which, is kids. What, which is why that's kind of an uneducated yeah thing to say. These are the people who weren't watching Power Rangers in the first place. Maybe I don't know. I just I just know that Power Rangers. I think it needs to be more seriously done, like yes. e- effort wise. Yes. The effort they put into the art 
and yes. and and that that needs and to the be, tone like the tone can be more serious just don't make it don't edgy. make it don't yeah don't make it overly edgy yeah and um seeing how uh the costumes look i cannot wait to see a gold green ranger shield <laughs> yeah on that kind of suit <laughs> yeah that's gonna look so yeah. good and i know we already talked about this but man the zords look good just 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 the, i'm i'm pumped i want that to happen i I'm, i, I want the zords when i see the tyrannosaurus i'm gonna, the I'm gonna only freak thing, out the only thing i'm worried about discount zach i from no that's what kevin i know <laughs> kevin called jason that um no the only thing i'm worried about is they'll pull a classic the zords don't show up until the final battle and i'm i'm so hoping that's not the case i want the zords to be their front and center like after they get their powers it's like hey you also get these and it's like you get the zords and then the last battle can be the megazord Mm -hmm. it's interesting how did you notice how they have the power coins and they look different yeah I, I was like, that's pretty. That's pretty cool. The power coins are the color mm-hmm. that they are. Yeah, they're not gold. Yeah. I mean, I'll miss the gold. That was that was cool, but uh, I thought that was kind of uh, rad. So, are we pretty sure that whatever pod that was that they found was Zordon? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So here's the deal: is that in the original TV show, um, it's doofus like astronauts on the moon who let Rita out. And that's who escapes. Zordon's been in that base in the desert for God knows how long. It's either that or the pod is Rita. And and she's, like, her armor's all torn and everything. Um, and because of that, Zordon kind of, like, revives. Um, in a sense, like, she, her coming back sparks something. And he summons new Power Rangers. I, yeah, well, I, I, yeah, I don't know how it's gonna play out. Just gotta watch the movie when it comes out. I'm just curious what the what is what all is in the pod that yeah. bi- that big that yeah. big pod. Um, then there's one more thing I noticed. Oh, Angel Grove doesn't look like a the happy-go-lucky, light-hearted kids town like where it's like the juice yeah. bar and all the cool popular kids hang out. It, yeah, it looks like a a crap hole. Yeah, it, you know what it reminds me of is like our our photos I've seen of Aberdeen, Washington. Yeah, just a rundown, like logging town mm-hmm. where people are depressed and no oh. one's happy. Yeah, and the Power Rangers are going to be their saving grace. Yeah. Um. Also, one thing I gotta say, I love that they threw in the. What was the it? Theme. The the little guitar hook. Yeah. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, it was very, very subtle. But, but they're keeping the theme. Yeah, they used it. Yeah, that's really exciting to me. Yeah, because for the longest time I was well, like, well, it is. Here's I don't really like, care if they use is... the exact same music, but I really hope that the theme itself is there in some way or another. The theme is Saban's Power Rangers. Yeah. So I mean, this is and this is Saban approved everything, right? It's his, his so, the, so this the whole name thing, Saban's name is on the the title card, Saban's Power Rangers. I didn't. I just didn't notice that. Yeah. Um. But I I hope that the way they go. I I hope that if if they make this movie, that they actually have a direction to go into a sequel. Okay. 
because you can't really with the nature of like the Green Ranger and everything, and yeah. you can't just make one Power Rangers movie. I don't think. No, I think what's going to happen. You got to have. A, they've set this up. You got to have a series. If this does well, if this succeeds, there's going to be more. Yeah. So, it's exciting. Go watch the the teaser. Um, it's really cool. You can get. You can I'm probably gonna watch it at least a couple more times. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then little just tidbits. These are two graph. These are two graphic novels that are coming out. Uh, soon, and one is uh, Legend of Korra, which is the Avatar, the Last Airbender. It's the the series following it. They are making a graphic novel of that. Um, I am almost done with season three. Uh, and then I'll just finish season four. It's pretty well acclaimed. I still enjoy the original Avatar more than than Legend of Korra, but Legend of Korra is still good. Um, just exciting that we're going to get more of that series because it was kind of canceled in a way. Mm-hmm. And then this next one is Double U, bro. This one's what? Oh yeah. So um, Claudio Sanchez from Coheed and Cambria recently announced that um, they are going to start. Emory um, Wars. Emory Wars, Good Apollo 1, and that is, for you who are unfamiliar with Coheed and Cambria, that's their third album. It's the first part of, um, I guess there's two albums, and there's part one and part two, and uh, Good Apollo, I'm Burning Star 4, Volume 1, From Fear Through the Eyes of Madness, is an interesting departure from the way he told stories on their, on their first two records. In this story, he goes into the mind of the writer, a.k.a. himself, mm-hmm. but it's a fictional version of the writer. Yeah. So he's dealing with what some of these things the writer may have been going with, going through at the time he's coming up with these characters and writing the story. And um, not to spoil anything, but the iconic moment in the story is when... He's writing and he hallucinates, and this—it's—it's it's actually I, I think it's his his bike comes alive to him, and and tells him you have to kill out this character, like if you if you if you let this character live, you're never gonna be you're never gonna be able to let your ex girlfriend go, you're ne- or what she did to you, you're ne- you're never gonna be able to carry on, and it's this it's this weird like I can't remember if the character is drug induced or not, but um. It's a really bizarre story, and uh, he tried making the graphic novel at the time the album was released, but he was very unhappy with the way, um, not the artwork came out, he loved that, but he was very unhappy with how many pages were left out due to finances at the time. He couldn't afford to create the the story in, in full. Okay. And uh, they left out a lot of nuances, and, and he really wanted to do it justice the way he did the first two albums. And uh, for many people, this is Coheed and Cambria's finest uh, finest album and, and the most interesting part of, of the Coheed and Cambria slash Claudio Kilgannon uh, a tale because it, it, it's, what, it's what he says in, uh, in his interviews. This is where the fiction meets the real. It's where you learn about the writer and, mm-hmm. and you guys, the, yeah. these characters are coming from a place in Claudio's heart that are very real. It's it's his autobiography told through a science fiction epic, and uh, cool. yeah. So I'm really, I'm really excited. Yeah, yeah. 
Sorry, I had to, I had to go on for a little no. bit. No, <laughs> yeah, that's why I said to tell you. Yeah, um, favorite recent reads, bro. Uh, so favorite recent reads. Uh, why don't you go first with this? Oh one? yeah, so um, I've been digging back into my um Wolverine Madrefor Knights read. Uh, I I read the entire Chris Claremont half of it last year, and it, that I mean that was the section was thick enough, and then Peter David carried on again. In nineteen, I believe eighty nine or ninety, and he's still in Madripoor, but the story kind of tapers off into somewhere. It goes somewhere else entirely. Basically, he's like avenging locals okay. in in the, in the town, and that's pretty cool. He's in this dingy bar, and every couple nights, you know, he's like reflecting on things that he's seen and and done, and. Yeah. Uh, in this in this instance, he's reflecting on his first fight, his first big fight with Sabretooth before he had adamantium claws, before he had I actually in in the story in this story it says he had no claws at all. Yeah, and and you were asking me earlier like maybe they had rewritten that. I think uh, it's they, possible. I think they definitely did with uh, X Men Origins. Uh, yeah, it's possible, but um, it's really cool. There's um. You know, actually, just because I I want Wolverine fans to enjoy this because I I really I really enjoyed these uh, uh, solo Wolverine issues from the, from the late eighties. I won't say too much, but it's just it's really good Wolverine saber tooth time, and and Wolverine is going through like in his head like I don't know why saber tooth hates me so much exactly. Yeah. He just know, he just knows there was always there was never enough room for the two of them, hmm. and they both understood that. Hmm. That's but cool. but Sabretooth started the bad blood. Yeah. Because Sabretooth is a prick. He's the bad guy. I mean, well, yeah, but all bad guys are, like, evil. You know, they have, like, yeah. but there's, like, a reason. No, Sabretooth's but, always been, like, like Like, Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor, for instance, is, he's evil, very evil, but there's this, like, human, there's this, like, charismatic for, human side to him. Yeah. Sabretooth is a prick, and that's okay. all, and that's all he is. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, that's just, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, no, I'm excited. Uh, one day I'll get into Wolverine, maybe. <laughs> he's my, he's not one of my favorites, but he's not one of your favorites. No. Then we're gonna get into this next subject. Uh, after I talk about my favorite recent read, which is the Kree Scroll War, and uh, I have been reading this comic event. When are you past... not reading a damn comic event, though? Never. You mean always? No, I'm never not reading. Oh. Yeah. I'm always reading a comic event. Uh, and I have 25 issues left. <laughs> and I've been reading it for the past three to four weeks. Um, and it's, it's intense. It's insane. And I will say... That my the fi- my favorite part of this read has been the the actual main title, which was during the Avengers run, uh, and the coolest part for me was when the Avengers are like, okay, we need to go into space. The Scroll have taken Quicksilver, they've taken Captain Marvel, and they've taken Scarlet Witch. We need to go after them. But at this point, none of the Avengers had gone into space. At all. 
Yeah, you mentioned that this and is so, like their first journey into space. Yeah, so like they get there and uh, Nick Fury is like, "Hey, I've got I've got something for you guys." And they go into space and they go into a space station. And it's like, "What the heck?" And he goes, "Yeah, we've been building this rocket, this spaceship. I think you'll be able to use it." So they take it and they fly into space. And it says like, "These these titans of and these superheroes." And these gods have have gone to uh, like nether worlds and other worlds and mirror worlds, and they've gone to different realms. But that they they stood in silent awe of the of this spaceship in space. And it's just like they were that even space can humble the most like powerful of men. That's really cool. And it was really it was. And uh, I would say that was probably my favorite part. Of this, I'm gonna ask you: thing. How do you like reading Marvel from that era? How do you think it's? Ch- how do you think things have changed? What do you What do you like better, worse? What What are your thoughts? Uh, as I'm reading Marvel from this era, this is the '70s, I, right? Yes, '71 to '73. Okay. Um, I I really think that when people said that the comics that comics are drawn sexually really came uh from the 90s oh you mean that, that, that you mean that women and men are hypersexualized yeah like that was totally 90s it was definitely a 90s thing and like, you know i'm reading these 70s comics and yeah they are like the women are a little bit more buxom but that's like it like yeah. they have normal body frames and the men and, and the costumes aren't all overly revealing. Yeah, they're well, they're not at all. Like, I'm I'm looking at like the Black Widow stuff. Mm-hmm. Her 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 suit is zipped up all the way to the top. Yeah, and one then, of the like, early one of the and, earliest sexualized characters to me uh, in DC was uh, when I read the Danny O'Neill uh, Green Arrow Green Lantern mm-hmm. uh, Black Canary. Black Canary has always been that way with the yeah, fishnet tights. She, she's pretty. She's pretty sexed out looking. Yeah. But um, Marvel especially got very hypersexualized in the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of those chicks look I'm gross. Going to like they look freaking gross. Rob Liefeld. <laughs> I'm really going to blame Rob Liefeld. Um, the they, thing is that I really liked the way Marvel faces were drawn in the 90s and the guns and the equipment. Well, they were drawn in a 90s way. So much of it was cool, but yeah, the like, yeah. like you were saying, the overly revealing, like, scantily clad... Like, there, they, so many times that they had those stupid, uh, like... V-neck, one, like, one-piece one thing. Yeah, thing. And it's like, like, Psylocke? Are you kidding me? Psylocke's <laughs> costume in the, from the X-Men? It's like, that thing is just a thong. Mm-hmm. A one piece thong. Mm-hmm. It's uh, why, like, <laughs> like I was just like, what? Um, because I'm reading this like wasp, full, domed out. Like her costume is like head to toe, mm-hmm. like she is covered. Uh, Scarlet Witch. I mean, she, she has a red corset, like one piece thing, mm-hmm. but she's wearing like an under, like her. It's it's pink, mm-hmm. but she's wearing like an outfit underneath so like she's not wearing any skin either like she has red gloves she has red boots mm-hmm. um and then like i said black widow she was she was covered uh susan storm is wearing her they all wear the one piece fantastic, blue, four, fantastic outfit. four outfit 
it's, and it's like I, it's weird that come towards the eighties and nineties that these characters just became. I think it was because for so long it really happened towards the late eighties. I think yeah, and it, by the mid nineties it got stupid. Yeah, and I think it's because for so long comics were hammered as these have to be for children. They were safe for yeah. so long that by the time and so, you and I were kids, I mean, do you remember going into comic book stores as well, a kid? Well, I mean, you're, we bring this up a lot where um, Kevin Smith talks about how, like, comic book shops were seedy. Yeah. Like, they were they were shady places. Mm-hmm. And because that's what comics were at the time. They were shady. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the... That was the mid '80s. There was a griminess to it, yeah. and also, dudes, look at the at the '90s comic book movies that were made, or not not just comic book movies, but just nerd movies. Like, look at like The Crow yeah. and a lot of those movies. Like, like they're the dark. There was a lot of gritty. Yeah, it was a yeah. gritty time. Catwoman from, uh, Batman Returns. Yeah. Oh yeah. I was, I was gonna say Batman Returns. I mean, it's cartoony and comic booky in a sense, but it's like. It's it's, it's my mom wouldn't let me watch that one. It's a gnarly movie. Yeah. And there are more sexual innuendos in there than anyone can follow. Yeah. Or anyone should know. But we do. Anyways, we're talking about something very cool on this episode. Yeah. And it's gonna leave you off on a cool note. Andrew, I wanna know who would be your ultimate cosplay. So I, I just said this, and that's why it confused you. Uh Wolverine is not one of my favorite X Men. Like, he's not... I'm, How much do you know about Wolverine? I know a lot about Wolverine. So why don't you like him? I don't like him. You don't... No, that's what, I, that's what I said. So why don't you like him? Oh, why don't I like him? Uh, he's never appealed to me. It's never It's never appealed to me. So you... So you, so you his, his gruff... His, his gruffness... His, like, over-the-top, I'm-a-loner dude... It bugged me. And the reason it bugged me is because Cyclops was my favorite character. Well, Cyclops is my second favorite X-Men. And Actually, he, he is my favorite X-Men in the context of the X-Men. Yes. Um, Cy- Wolverine, Wolverine I like Cyclops more because has been, he... uh, His character has been assassinated, uh, essentially, in the comic book uh, universe right now. Mm-hmm. Like, n- as weird as it says, we were just talking about 90s, but 90s Cyclops is probably... From the beginning to the 90s is probably the best Cyclops. Yeah, for That's sure. Get the best Cyclops. Well, 90s X-Men was probably the best. 90s X-Men, I mean, pretty much X-Men from the 70s through uh, the 90s. And then just, it went downhill after that. Um, but, so Cyclops Bronze is to been, early modern age is the only X-Men that I have any interest, interest in really reading. Yeah, well, the thing is, like, as soon as they did the whole, he's cheating on Jean Grey with Emma Frost in his mind and it's all like what what's going on and I don't know they just ruined his character just because it's like Cyclops is the most loyal character on the team yeah out of anyone he wouldn't be the one to do that it's like he loves Jean Grey so much he's a boy scout type character and it's just like it he's the closest thing he's the closest thing that X-Men have to a Steve Rogers Clark Kent type of character yeah He's a very he's a yeah. He's the Captain America of the of the X Men. So that that's why it's just like ever it just since sucks the, because the X Men like when they when they're done well is they are my favorite fully functioning uh, superhero team. Yeah, they're a family. 
and they they have that family dynamic. But it, but for some reason, I mean, it's just there's such an easy story to screw up. Yep. It's just <laughs> and they've been doing it for the past 15, sixteen years. Yeah. Uh, but so, but but you said your ultimate cosplay would be. So my ultimate cosplay would be Wolverine. And that doesn't make any sense. But here's why: be, I don't choose my favorite characters because I know I, my body type. It's who, costume design. Who, and who I am, uh, I. Because I'm imagining myself in this, right? Um, and I see myself fitting in better with my body type in a Wolverine costume than I would say a Cyclops costume or a Gambit costume or a Spider-Man costume. Or that a makes costume. sense. That makes sense. That's why it would be my ultimate cosplay, and actually be more of the old man Logan, Logan. Gotcha. Than, than the uh, Wolverine. I wasn't taking that into f- into consideration for my cosplay choice. Oh, what's your cosplay choice? Well, I think with my body type, I could go... I think there's a lot of things I could pull off decently. I'm trying to think, though. Honestly, if I'm being real with, mm-hmm. with my, the, my hair, mm-hmm. the color of my hair, and my body type, and my height, mm-hmm. I think I'd be Tim Drake Robin. Ah, I can see it. I, and I, honestly, I think I pulled off freaking like, awesome. Like a Tim Drake Robin or Tim Drake Red Robin? Robin. Okay. Just Tim Drake Robin. Okay. okay. You wanted me to say Red Robin, didn't I you? I did. Why? <laughs> because in my mind, Robin's 12. <laughs> and he's always 12. Well, I'm short. <laughs> yeah, but you're not 12. 12 year olds are like 4 foot 5. The Tim Drake suit is. It it would it works for yeah. Well, the reason they uh, the reason that is is because they've enhanced it because they've made uh, Dick Grayson was they've now with New Fifty Two they rebooted it that Dick Grayson was fifteen when he was Robin. Fifteen, sixteen. When he became Robin. Yeah. Interesting. I like the idea of the reason why uh, Dick is such an amazing crime fighter is because he's been one since he was twelve or thirteen. Yeah. But whatever, whatever. Okay, but look, let's let's do a couple hypotheticals. Let's let's say like, let's based solely on style. Like, if you had all the money to put together your costume and just one aesthetically that you really like a lot, Nightwing. Nice. (laughs) It's like, I love Spider Man, but I think there's just so many Spider Man costumes. And when I see a Spider Man costume next to a Nightwing costume, Nightwing stands out. It's a badass costume. The the blue the blue winged nightwing, not the red. Right. The red looks okay. It's just yeah. not quite as supremely. I would awesome. even say uh, current the current new nah, current rebirth nightwing. I love that's a good suit. I love the the blue on the fingers. Yeah. So I would be uh, the bat in the sun green ranger. Okay. The yeah. the one they did for that. I just the gold shield. And with the gold stripes on the helmet, and how how nice the uh, the gradient looks on the side of the costume, and I already have the toy dagger. Yeah. <laughs> um, either that or Boba Fett. It's a classic costume. Yeah. But there's there's just so many good costumes. I think I just think that I say Robin because I'm my body type is just yeah. like that. It's like that. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm not built like an older Dick Grayson, that's for sure. 
Not many people. Not many people <laughs> are. Well, uh, that leaves it for this uh, this week's episode. Thank uh, you all for listening. For listening.